Oi, oi, everyone. Cockers here. Um, ju oh, oh, just got a bit of news here. Just to let you know about my guest last week, Teacher Ted. Uh, unfortunately, the school just weren't happy with his performance on the podcast. Um, and he's been... <laughs> He's been demoted at the school to uh, washroom attendant um, with all the cleaning facilities and that. He's, he, he has to scrub and wash um, the armoured shanks after the children. Um, and obviously being demoted, he's not known as, as Teacher Ted anymore. Uh, it, known as Toilet Ted. Yes, you, it's exclusive. You've heard it first here, Toilet Ted. I'll keep you up to date on what's happening on that front. <laughs> also, um, lots of people asking about the Wiggle It goal celebration. I think was born at the Huddersfield game, opening game of the season when I scored. Um, Tommy Richards and Lee Goodwill asking, uh, where, where did that all come from? Well, there was a group called Two in a Room and they'd done a tune called Wiggle It and I used to shake my stuff down the boulevard, Ealing Broadway Boulevard, nightclub, most weekends. Um, and it was born from that, really. I thought, just have a go at it. Bit embarrassing at the time, but people remember you for it. So wiggle it just a little bit. Following on from episode four, did you actually fulfil your boyhood dream? Oh, well, we need to have a bit of a backstory here before we get to that part. Do you okay. want to hear, hear it? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on then. Oh, go on then. Tell me. Well, yeah, it was Christmas time, round about Christmas time, and for anybody that's been a pro Christmas time is irrelevant it's an irrelevant time of year because you're normally holed up in some hotel somewhere you're away from family it's just it's normal in fact you're doing more because there's the a busy Christmas Christmas schedule what, so you actually weren't at home at all for Christmas there was a few times if you were playing at home then you was at home right but I remember being at Reading once and we we had two guys I think it was Huddersfield it was Yorkshire some dismal place up York we just holed up into our hotel for a week Wow. Playing uh, Christmas and then Boxing Day and all that. But anyway, but when you was at Spurs growing up and you were a kid, you kind of you kind of a little bit got the Christmas period off because all you did was come into training to, to kind of help the first team. Right, yeah. So they had a Boxing Day or, do you know what, I can't remember exactly, but it was over the Christmas period. And of course, we didn't have a game. We're just coming in to help, you know, help the first team. Mm. So we all went out. <laughs> yeah. So we all went to um, Steve Strange's place in called it was called the Camden Palace. Right. And at the time, we was all into uh, new romantic music, Duran and Spandau and <laughs> Japan. I loved Japan; was my favourite. Um, Gold. And we, and we go. <laughs> that's not Japan, babe. That's Spandau. Gold. Yeah, so we was at Camden Palace, rocked out of there, fuck, about 3am maybe a little bit later, and being Christmas, no cabs about, and I was with Mark Bowen, who was staying at my place, 
because we had training the next day with the first team. And you still went out at yeah, well, 3 a.m. Yeah, but literally you're going in and they're working on set plays. It's nothing. You're going in just to, show your face. Just to, just to be a body, really. Right, okay. And I remember we couldn't get a freaking cab. So he's looked at me, and, and this is obviously Camden, North London, and I'm in Kilburn. And he's just looked and gone, fuck it, let's, let's walk, run home. So, oh, we'd have, you know, we'd have had a few glasses or wine and beer and whatever, uh, danced the night away. And then I think it was a six or seven mile hike home, which, which we did. Um, and we got in at kind of like five o'clock. Well, you're, you're in your new romantic shirts with a big flowing sleeve. <laughs> yeah, my side part in quiffy air and all that. Uh, tucker boots. Um, a couple of hours sleep, got up and drove into Chesant, um, where we trained. So we get in, and as we're getting changed, I get a call saying, oh, um, Keith Birkinshaw wants to see you. So I'm in Keith trying to cover up, sober up, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah. And he said, the young Alan... You're with us at West Ham today. You're in the squad. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> he said, you you're in the squad. And I'm like, y yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, he said, go home and get your blazer. Right. So I had to drive back and get my blazer, my, you know, my blazer <laughs> and, and trousers and, and, and tracksuit. And I swear to God, babe, I've never felt so ill. I was nervous, ill, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had to get to uh, the Hertfordshire Hotel where they were all having pre-match meal. Mm -hmm. So I bowled in late. They're all sitting down having dinner. I'm, I'm in my, I can't even remember a tracksuit suit and tie. I can't even remember. I was a kid sitting there, uh, egg on toast or whatever it was. And now we're all on the coach. And I remember sitting on the coach and I just got a window seat for I'll nod off there. And who, who sits next to me, the biggest geezer ever, Ricky Villa, the Argentinian. Right. <laughs> so he's sitting next to me, Llewellyn, you move over, please. And I'm like, yeah, Rick, chill. So, I'm oh, so you had to change seats with him? No, he moved oh, over because oh, I'm see. sprawled right, out. Because right, right. <laughs> obviously he was his lucky people. Footballers are funny, they like their normal seats. Yeah. Or card schools or... You know, listening to the old headphones, you know, the, what was it, the Sony, what were they called? The old, you remember the old cassette, cassette player with um, the headphones in? Walkmans. Walkmans, yeah. Sony so, play, so I'm sprawled out and it's like, Alan, we need to move So I'm all right, Rick. So I've, I've moved over like that. But the funniest thing is we're going to uh, Upton Park, or really the real name is the Bowling Ground, which was the Olympic Stadium now, but... We're there, so we've got to go from north to east London. So yeah. it's a fair journey ac across London. Yeah. And all I remember, I swear, was the coach pulling up and I'd nodded off. And Ricky is waking me up because I'd nodded off on his shoulder. So imagine that, what was I, 18, 19 or something, and I've nodded off <laughs> on a World Cup winner's <laughs> shoulder. And I'm in the squad. Oh, my goodness. So I'd had... You can't, I don't even think we slept. We might have had a couple of hours sleep, but you just, oh, it teaches you such a lesson. But the funniest thing Did is... Did he say anything about you nodding off in his No, he, do you know what? Ricky Villa was the nicest f man, footballer you'd ever meet. He was a gentle giant. I remember in one game, 
the ball's come out of the air and he's trapped the ball so the ball is caught underneath his foot and he's got his foot on the ball and I'm marking him and I've just gone to smash the ball from underneath him. Yeah. He was so strong, I smashed the ball and my body's gone over the ball. He's, he's still controlling the football and I've gone flying over <laughs> him. I'm like eight stone wet. He left the game. He stopped the game and come and picked me up. He said, do you right, Alan? Oh, really? Good. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. I said, Rick, my fault, mate. Oh. You didn't do anything. Yeah, he was the nicest guy. Um, and I remember, so I'm there, sub, and I'm in the big jumpsuit. You know, the big ski suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm there. And I remember the game because I think Tony, we lost. I think Tony Cotty, it was one of his first games. I think he scored a hat trick. They were a good team there, Alan Devonshire, Brooklyn, and all that. Um, and we're sitting there, and I've got to be the only debutant or whatever not to want to get on the pitch I was thinking <laughs> please don't put me on please don't put me on and I remember fortunately or unfortunately the game was on the game was on match of the day and you're sitting down watching and all you saw was this vagrant tramp <laughs> in a sleeping bag <laughs> in a ski jumpsuit sitting there and if a big speech bubble could come out the top of your head it was saying fuck Please, Keith, don't put me on. I mean, what kid would ever want that? But you no, just didn't. Know. You know, fortunately, I didn't get on. You didn't. Oh. No, fortunately. And anyone that knows, you didn't even want to warm up because it was a tight pitch. And if you warmed up outside of the touchline, the supporters could hit you, spit at you, throw money at you and stuff like that. You didn't even want to warm up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quite hilarious, really. So that was, fuck it, if it teaches you a lesson... That is the lesson is, you know, the old scouts motto, always be prepared. You never know when your time is coming. <laughs> but of course, do you know what, babe? You know, I was doing well and stuff, but I did not expect it because cause normally they name the squad pre, you know, prior to that. They let you know. But there was obviously some conversation and also what they used to do with or a kid. Was there an injury maybe or someone else? But I don't think there was an injury, but what they would do, especially for... Looking back now, they'd done it to everyone. They'd never tell you because in case you, you was overcome by nerves. So they'd only tell you at the last minute. But I, I didn't know that. But that'll come to the forefront when I, when, when I kind of carry on. So that was my leap. That was my kind of big leap, um, knowing you, you're in the frame type of thing. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're in the frame. But I mean, it could only happen to me, couldn't it? Fucking nodding off on a World Cup winner's shoulder. <laughs> And then not wishing to go on because <laughs> I would have been sick. <laughs> the thing is, that could have actually ruined your career more of actually being put on the pitch that time. Can you, it, can you imagine if you had been sick or you weren't playing very well? That'd be a very good yeah, reason go, not to really ima- play you Imagine again. going on, there's an early injury and you've got to play over an hour and Motson or whoever's, uh, you know, the commentator on Match of the Gay going, who is this boy? He looks drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he can't he, run in a straight line. <laughs> he's fallen over, taking a corner. So, so yeah, great lesson. Camden Palace to uh, Camden Palace to Upton Park, sitting on the bench within twelve hours. <laughs> so yeah, good story. That's a great story. I like that a lot. Um, so, when was your next chance to play in the first team? How, how much longer later was a it? A week. A week later? Yeah, a, a week or so later, um, we were playing Watford at home. I think it was just after New Year. And 
Tottenham's prep was really good. You'd come in in the morning, do a bit of light training, all stay together, eat at the hotel. Uh, and it's actually a story. I'll get on to a later story when I end up going to Bristol Rollers. But you used to go to Tottenham. And this, this really was before um, caterers would come in and, and cook what you wanted. Mm. You know, like nowadays with all the dietary needs and dietary specific food given to your specific body type and, yeah. uh, you know, an age group and stuff. But Tottenham were kind of advanced, really, in a lot of things when I think back to it. Yeah, so you'd go in and, and it was Dover Soul. Dover, you could have Dover sole, fish, steak was off the menu. I don't think there was red meat, um, obviously poached eggs, blah, blah. But it was, <laughs> I found out that Dover sole was the most expensive thing on the, on the menu. So I had it <laughs> yeah. just for that reason. Never had it in my <laughs> life. Yeah, that. never had it in my life. What a fish. And to this day, it's still my, yeah, my favourite. Love it. So we, had, I remember eating around kind of lunchtime, Dover sole, I think it might have been with beans, something like that. Water, yeah, I don't know. Dover sole with baked Be- beans. Beans. Um, and then just water, etc., etc. And then you'd come, we was asked to all go down the changing rooms. And, and one of the most exciting things, it's really weird, just to let people know out there, the most exciting thing for a footballer is when you go through the changing room doors and the shirts are hanging up. Yeah. Now these... It must be even amazing now because they, they've got their names on the back of the shirts. Back in the day, you didn't have that. It was 1 to 11. You know, you didn't have number 182. Yeah. You know, or what number you chose. It was 1 to 11 and then the subs. Um, but even that is, you'd come down and it was all hanging up. And you're, you're sitting there and Birkinshaw's got his bit of paper and he's reading out number one, Ray Clements, number two, Chris Hewton, etc. And then the ultimate come, number 10, Glenn Hoddle. And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, he's 10, who's 11 then? Number 11, and welcome, Alan Cochran. Really? Yeah, I've got fucking oh, shivers. Wow. So Hoddle 10, Cochran 11, and I'm, I'm like, oh, what's going on oh. here, man? Archibald 8, I remember that. Falco 9, I think it was. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, what now? Now, the funniest thing is, my dad used to come to the games and that, but now imagine this. He's coming to the game, and he doesn't know that I'm playing. I've got no mobile phones. He hasn't got a phone. I can't contact him. So, no, he's not going to know until he comes to the ground. And then he told me, when he arrived at the ground, the first thing he, he knew was someone coming up to me and going, you're... Your boy's starting today. Oh, really? Yeah, and then apparently he managed to go to a phone box and phone my uncle George, who worked for the old, um, before British Telecom. What were they called? Oh, that, a bit, so let's say BT. You know, he was a, a lot, lot, he used to go out in the streets and, and, and uh, fix your lines and stuff oh, right, like yeah, that. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he managed to get to my house to pick up my mum, but then they didn't turn up to kind of after the game had started. Right. Now, I don't know any of this, okay? Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting in the, in the changing rooms and, and I think Archie, Archie, Steve Archibald was a lovely man and he was very helpful to all the youngsters, um, very mindful of that you as a kid. And, and then he come and sat next to me and he went, yeah, 
I'll look after you today, cockers. I couldn't understand a word he was fucking saying. Oh, sorry, wax was that Scottish? Sweaty, wasn't he? Oh, he right, was okay. sweaty. He just had to I'm like, I think I've got what you just said there. <laughs> so, of course, you're young, 19, 20 or whatever it was, but and, it, and, and memory and emotion kind of cloud your feelings, cloud kind of the reality of stuff. So then when you get older, you find it hard to remember. But, but I do remember two things. I remember the first thing of him going, come on, I'll take you out for warm-up. And he had, he had two footballs on him and he'd give me one. And he said, right. go out with a football. Mm -hmm. And he said, as soon as you get on the pitch, volley the ball. Right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> to do that. But I, prior to that, it was coming out of the changing rooms with your studs on and the floor was concrete. And you saw... the couple of Watford players coming out opposite you but it was the noise it was the noise of metal on concrete like a tapping sound. like tap, yeah this tapping sound that you've heard a thousand times but for some reason it kind of echoes through your whole body it kind of you're like this is it and I suppose you know when you watch films like Gladiator you know when just before they're going out and the and the um what is it, the, 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 the draw, not the drawbridge, the portcullis, port yeah, the portcullis opens up yeah. and you come out. Now, I'm not comparing myself to <laughs> fucking Russell Crowe in Gladiator, but it's that same adrenaline that of quietness, studs on, you know, metal on concrete, and then you go out into this arena to a cheer, but then the, the noise stops because you're going on grass and you come out to like 30, 40,000 people into wow. this arena. That's the best way I could probably probably describe it. And then wa I warmed up with Archie, Stevie P, Skip come over and Hoddle. Hoddle was doing all his, he used to do all his flicks and tricks for a warm up and kind of come over and made sure I was comfortable and stuff so like that. So they all made you feel? Yeah, really yeah not everyone. Them. No, not everyone. Um, but they're the, pe the standout people that really... You know, they're the most experienced players at, at the club at the time. So they're, you know, they've they been there. They took you under their wing. Yeah, really. and kind of just making yeah. sure you're, you're all right. And then the other thing I remember was whatever game you went to as a kid, more certain players would get bigger cheers as it was being read out. You know, so yeah. obviously if you go Man United, George Best, when his name was read out, it was, yeah. Fan favourite. Fans favourite, yeah. And, and you know, as Ted was saying about Alfie Conn, can you imagine Alfie Conn, him and Ted screaming or whatever or whatever he was doing, and Hoddle was the one. Archibald was as much loved as Hoddle. Even at one point, he was more of a darling than Hoddle. Really? Yeah, so as the, the names are being read out and being cheered, and even if one freaking person cheered for you, you was listening to... To somebody cheering you, and obviously they're em empathising or sympathising the crowd, aren't they? Because mm. you know who's this kid type yeah. of thing. Let's give him a bit of a cheer. So you remember that that all those moments of you. Oh, 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 oh is is the cheer from number ten going to still get carried over to fucking number eleven <laughs> at Cockrell? You know. Do you remember your name being read? I remember it being read out then? at eleven, and then and then the cheer going up, and you're just like, yeah. So it's all those. And, and really, it's irrelevant. Football become second as you've got older, and you look back. It's it's secondary. You don't remember the game. You just don't run running after Barnsley, you know, and things like that. You remember all those things that I just described to you. And I suppose that's the 
the brain that takes in that emotion because 90 minutes is you're just running around. Yeah, it's repetitive with every other game. Exactly, it's it? repetitive and yeah. you're just doing what you're doing like, you know, like you've done a million times before. But when new emotion evokes itself within your brain or and within your body, that that, that stays with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've... Uh, you know, I've been speaking here now and, and on times before, and you're recalling emotions from 40-odd years ago. Mm. You know, 40-plus 40, years ago, you're recalling, and, and it's, it's thrilling, really. And then you're not really remembering. You're, you're only, it's only at this moment in time, all these years later, that you can, you can, you can relive that, that moment, can't you? And then go back inside, team talk, and, and then off you go out. The weather was horrendous. It was a January cold, windy, uh, rainy day. And also we were playing Watford and the, the styles really of the two teams were, were polar opposite. They were a paradox of each other. Right. So we was always born the floor, play out the back, football, football, football. Hoddle Ardelius, Perriman, blah, 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 blah. Whereas Watford had a young John Barnes uh, on the left but they were very much ball in the air. Keep the ball in the air, percentage football. Let's mm. ruin the game, really. We're going to be better at playing uh, ruined football or ball in the air. The more time the ball's in the air for us, the better it is and we're going to win. So it weren't the best game to kind of get your feet. It was 100 miles an hour, I remember. But the funniest thing is, I remember I was on the far side away from the West Stand. And one of the first ones was the balls come over my head and I couldn't turn and get there. So I just done an overhead kick. As you do. As you do, like an <laughs> overhead kick. And I got a cheer from the shelf. It was one of my first touches. What's the shelf? It was where the it, it was the shelf area where all the Spurs supporters were standing. Oh, okay. And I remember getting a cheer for, from that. So... Who was the manager on Watford side then? Taylor. Graham Taylor. Oh, Graham Taylor. Yeah, so who will... Uh, feature in yeah. yeah we cross paths Thanks. and swords <laughs> a few freaking times um so that was what i remember did I re you did you see your family there at all no. could you you couldn't find them in the crowd did they meet you afterwards yeah that was i remember there was a chance i had it was midway through the second half i think i think archie i made a forward run and archie played a ball to me and i can still see the glory now of he's playing me through and I, as I'm getting to the ball I was could chip the keeper or even go around the keeper and as I've gone to I've made up my mind to do it first time chip the keeper and a defender just come across in the nick of time and deflected oh. the shot for a corner right. I think we actually scored from the from the corner I oh, did you yeah not you personally not me personally yeah. but I think we scored from the corner but I still say it was a fraction a fraction before or a fraction afterwards, then there would have been a good... Can you imagine, imagine if you'd scored? on your debut. Wow. How and often that, does that happen? Does that happen? Yeah, I, I think more for forwards, 100%. You mm. know, kids that are given on because you're in that area and things. You know, Shearer, I think, he scored on his debut and stuff. And that's it. I don't remember too much else. And then going up into the players' lounge afterwards and everyone kind of saying well played, etc., etc. Was um, your family allowed in there afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my dad was in there, my uncle was in there in his BT freaking donkey jacket, a luminous donkey jacket <laughs> with all grease and oil on him. And, and my mum was standing there, wouldn't surprise me if she still had a dressing gown and slippers on. Um, 
So that was that was it. That was. Did you play? Yeah. How, how did you play the full ninety minutes? I think I, I had cramp. I got taken off with nearly the end of the game, five minutes from the end oh, or something. Okay, yeah. You know, so that was cool. And I was right by the West Stand when it happened, so I got a little bit of a clap and things. Okay. Yeah, so that was little old me, all all what you've been through. And how funny is that? Because from the last episode, Ted would have been there watching you at that match at your debut didn't he yeah and then you at that point you didn't even know him either yeah really weird so imagine that so your best your best mate is in the crowd yeah. that's not your best you mate don't even yet. Know him yet yeah that him and him and his dad you know are there and maybe maybe even big al was there you know i don't mm. know watch watching the game and little did you know it's only maybe a couple of years later that then that forms yeah. a relationship you know and stuff like that but yeah i would love to have been there to see that Maybe you'd have been four. <laughs> what year was this? 84, I think. 83, Yeah, 84. okay, I was three or four. But what I want to say is, is when you look back, it's really weird. So, so there's, there's one point, isn't there, in time, this is how I look at it, there's one point at one time in history when you were good enough to be on a stage yeah. with world-class players. Yeah. When you think about... John Barnes and like Hoddle, Perriman, Ardiles, Ricky Villa, Ray Clement. You know, at one point in your life, you was you was there on that stage, and it don't matter, mm. does it? No. You could have that could have been the end. You could have, you know, even if you'd, I don't know, faded into obscurity or you know, bad things. That it doesn't matter. It just meant that at that time, mm. do you know what I mean? You was you had the talent to. And pe- not only, I think for me, it wasn't about that. Looking back, it's not about really even that. It's, it's vindication of injury, hard work, and just going, no, oh, we're going to throw a lot at you, and you're going to come through it, and you're going to make your debut. Yeah. So that, for me, throughout my, you know, that's good enough. You know, that's good enough for me. And obviously, I've gone on to do other things, some amazing stuff. Um, that we'll go on to, and and on the next pod, it'd be good probably then to to talk emotionally about leaving the lane, from growing up as a, you went there as a child and you leave as a man. So ten years, nine, ten years, you're in that environment, mm. and then probably talk about the emotional side of what of what that is yeah, and and recovery, and then what happens to people and stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, that. I've enjoyed that. Enjoyed that little conversation. Good. See you next time. Bye.